go. I ain't never ran from a d now I ain't never. If I did cut my legs out right now, I ain't never been with the talk snitch talk, always talking about his part. Yeah, I'm a stand-up, got my bands up. Welcome, 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 and welcome you to yet another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. It's your boy Jalen, and as you can see, if you're watching on YouTube, I have a new mic. And you probably can hear it, too. It's, it's kind of clear. I think it sounds clear. Shouts out to Brittany. Uh, my girl got me a new mic. Um, I appreciate her to death. Uh, Shouts out to her. And, um, yeah, so I got a new mic. And this weekend, well, last week in sports... There's a couple things to talk about. Of course, we're, t- we're going to talk about Michael Jordan, uh, the the Last Dance, the documentary came to an end on Sunday, and we'll talk about that. We'll talk about some basketball stuff. I don't know if you guys remember last week, I fixed five NFL teams. This week, I'm going to fix five NBA teams, and I'm just going to talk about a couple things. Um, but let's start with this. Since this is the only like NFL topic, let's talk about this. So, for people that don't know. The NFL is trying to implement, uh, I guess, a new policy or a new reward system where if you hire a person, a minority or a person of color or something like that, you have a better you have a, a better option of moving up in the draft in like the third or fourth round. So you can move from a high fourth round pick to a low third round pick. You know, you, you can move up in the draft. And. While some people might think that this is a good idea, um, of course, I'm going to say this. To try to implement a rule like this or try to try to implement implement a quote-unquote reward system like this shows that you have a problem. You, the NFL, know you have a problem when you have to do something like this. Now, it, I've, I've talked about this ad nauseum before, but I guess I'll just bring it back to light. It's crazy how you can trust an African American. Look at look at some of the top athletes in the in the NFL right now. You have Patrick Mahomes, you have Lamar Jackson, you have Russell Wilson. You can go on defense. You got Richard Sherman, Bobby Wagner. You got uh, Von Miller. If you look at the landscape of the NBA, it is. I mean, I'm sorry, NFL. You see a lot of African Americans, but when you look at the coaching staffs, or you look at the owners, or you look at the GMs you don't really see that much. Like you'll get a Mike Tomlin, you'll get an Eric Bieniemy, who's a coordinator who should be a, uh, who should be a, a head coach while he's not African-American. You have a Ron Rivera, like you have, um, I forgot his name, but homie and, um, and, and, and Brian Flores in, in Miami, you have some people and some coaches and some, I mean, some organizations that will trust an African-American to be a head coach, to be a GM like Miami. But then you, majority of the league, as you know, is African-American when it comes to players, but not African-American when it comes to ownership or when it comes to coaching or when it comes to being a GM. And for the NFL to implement a rule like this, you know, or try to implement a rule like this, you know that there's a problem. You know that there is a lack of diversity when it comes to the front offices of the NFL. Yet and still, it's still like yet and still, you're trying to parade this as um, oh, it's going to be a reward system. You bring a a, a, a hiree of minority stat. Like if you bring a minority in, you you'll be able to move up in the draft, which is sad. 
like at the end of the day, that is sad. That's sad because like you're you're what you're, what you're doing is you're acknowledging the issue, but you're and you think that this is going to this is going to change something. It'll be different, and and I'm not saying this is what it's supposed to be. I hell. I don't. The only answer I know is hire more African Americans. <laughs> like that's the only answers I know in a situation like this. But you have think of it like this: it'd be different if if say you hire a, a minority, um, and you go from the third round to the first, or you go from the third round to a high second round pick. Like it'd be different. And I'm not saying like that should be the case, but it'd be different if that that was the case. But it's not. It'll be different if you didn't have to like if you had uh, a surplus of African and and you know what the you know you know what I'm sorry you know what the crazy thing is the crazy thing is a lot of people would make it seem like there's not a lot of African American jobs to be had and there's not a lot of there's not a lot of places that an African American or somebody or a minority can 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 flourish at. But then you look at some coaches, right? You look at some some court co- co- coaches, you look at some organizations that haven't won anything really in, in in years. Some 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 organizations haven't won period like like for instance. Let's look at the let's look at the let's look at the Jets. Jets haven't really been good since Mark Sanchez days. Brett Favre Mark Sanchez days. They could, yeah, they have Adam Gase, but they could use. I mean, why, 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 why is it that? I'm sorry, why isn't that African American can't work there, or can't be a head coach there, or be a GM there? Look at Cleveland. Hell, Cleveland's been bad since Jim Brown. Yeah, you have Odell Beckham. Yeah, you have, uh, <laughs> you have Baker Mayfield, but. Why can't an African American coach? Yeah, I know you had one, but why can't an African American coach take over there? Why does it that you know? And, and this is the you know Shannon Sharp says it. I've said it before. Why is it that it's so hard for an African American coach? Say an African American coach gets fired. It's so hard for them to get another head coaching job. But then you look at another coach like a like a um. What's homie's name? What's the clapper from 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 uh Dallas? You get he loses his job and then like in two days he gets another job. It's just this this quote unquote reward system is really showing really showing you not only that there's a problem, but the NFL knows that there's a problem. But yet but the NFL isn't trying to go hard as in to fix this problem. There's multiple African Americans that should be head coaches. There's multiple African Americans that are coordinators right now that should be coaches. There's multiple African Americans right now that would would turn a franchise around so fast that they were a GM. Yet they're not going to get the opportunity. And this rule really shows that this rule on, or this proposal really shows that the NFL knows that this is this is the case. Yet I don't. This is the first time I'm really, of course, they had the whole Rooney Rule thing that no NFL team has has followed. But this is the first time I'm really seeing that, like, like the NFL is kind of putting face, trying to show, like, kind of putting a face on it. As in, like, they're trying to get in front of it, even though they've been behind it forever. And it's, it, I don't, 
I want NFL. I mean, I want African Americans to get a get a get a fair shake. I want African Americans to not just be players. Like you'll trust an African American to run through a brick wall. You'll trust an African American to put his body on the line in the trenches in the NFL, but you won't trust him with a clipboard making the decisions as a head coach or as a GM. And this new proposal is only showing that they know and they understand what's going on. And it's, hey, <laughs> who knows, man? <laughs> I, I just, it, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's sad, man. What it is, it's sad. The NFL knows it. The NFL knows it. It's, it's, it's just sad, bro. It's sad. Um, and at the end of the day, I don't know if anything will change. Honestly, because I don't even think this, I don't think this will pass. So, which I don't want it to pass, but with it not passing, it's still going to be the same old thing. They're still going to have the quote unquote Rooney, Rooney rule, which for people that don't know the Rooney rule, it is if you have a head coaching or you're looking for a new head coach, or you're having a, you have a head coach or a GM or, or a coordinator position, you're pretty much obligated to interview a person of color. The problem with that, is that doesn't give you any incentive to hire the person of color. It's just, I'm just doing this so I don't get fined. Kind of like DeMarshawn Lynch. Like, I'm not doing this. I can I can talk to 150 African-American people just so I don't get in trouble. Yet, if I know who I'm hiring or I know that I, I already have a candidate and I'm just going to be like, hey, hold out, hold out real quick. Let me just get this out the way so I don't get in trouble, so we don't get fined. And I, I got you. Like that's that's how it is, man. It's like, what is the point of a Rooney Rule if it, it hasn't really, it hasn't really helped anything? And it's you know, that it's it's just it's just a, it's just a it's a it's a tale that we've seen over and over again. We've seen African-Americans not get a fair shake over and over and over again. And this this is only showing that the the league knows about it. The league knows that African-Americans are getting a fair shake, and they think that this is supposed to help. So just like the Rooney Rule, there's so many holes in this. There's no point of putting water in it, you know what I mean? And it, it just it, – it just it screams they know the problem, but they they're tone they're too tone deaf to know how to how to solve said problem. So uh, it's and well moving forward, let's move moving forward. So the last dance ended on Sunday. The ten part series that was on ESPN ended. It was a doc about the Bulls, the last dance, the final run, nineteen ninety eight championship. We've talked about this the last few weeks. Anyone that loves sports and has been in quarantine, they've watched it. They've seen it. They 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 understand how good it is. And and with the whole documentary concluding, it's really I didn't think I was gonna learn much, honestly. I didn't think I mean you've heard time and time again the flu game. You've heard about Michael Jordan uh, fighting Steve Kerr in practice. We've heard all these, you know, fan sports fans and and basketball fans. We've heard about the 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 game. We heard about Robin just disappearing. We heard about some of the some of the craziness that 
we've seen go on with the Bulls. We've heard about the Pacers. We've heard about the New York Knicks. But I didn't think that I would learn anything new. But week after week after week, I learned something new. This this was one of the most well-produced, well-shot, well-filmed, well-edited documentaries I think I've ever seen. Uh, yeah, it, it, it was it was it was that good, man. It was so in depth, and I like the fact that ESPN not only kept the curse words when if you watched on ESPN ESPN one, but the documentary delved in, delved into things that might shape the way that you view said athlete. Like they talked about Michael Jordan's gambling. They talked about the death of his father. They talked about some of his 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 methods when it comes to connecting with with his teammates trying to get the best out of them. They talked about Scottie Pippen not coming off the coming off the bench in that in that game, in that playoff game that they could have won, could have lost. They talked about the like I said the fight with Steve Kerr and Michael Jordan. They talked about Jerry Krause. They talked about Ryan Storm. They talked about, you know, Michael Jordan's dislike for Isaiah Thomas. They talked about things that you'd think they might not want to talk about. And I loved it, man. I loved how raw it was. I loved how unique it was. I loved the fact that this was a true documentary. Yeah, again... Sports, it, it was, I, it's just crazy to me how so many, so many, <laughs> so many things were, were, were unveiled, unveiled, man. And I, I, it was really good. I, it, I know it, that's pretty much surface, but it was good, man. I, 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 there was, you know, a couple takeaways was one, Dennis Rodman. I don't, I was, I, I hopped on a friend of mine's live yesterday and one thing that I talked about was Dennis Rodman did a lot of stuff <laughs> like that's he knows it he's he's admitted to it we we've seen it we know it Dennis Rodman did a lot of stuff for for going ghost in Vegas for you know missing a practice going to a WWE fight the whole dress thing the hair some of the ejections like he's done so much and I, I posed the question do you think that Dennis Rodman, we know that the, the media, of course, killed him slightly. We know that some of the, the, the organizations weren't really with it. But do you think that Dennis Rodman would have been ridiculed more or or criticized more or, quote unquote, killed in the media more if he was a number one option? Like, say he was, say that was Michael Jordan doing everything that, that Dennis Rodman did. Say that was... I don't know, a player like Allen Iverson. Say Allen Iverson did all that Dennis Rodman did. Hell, Dennis Rodman missed practice. And I, I told I told a friend of mine, the only difference between Dennis Rodman and Allen Iverson was, well, Allen Iverson missed practice because, you know, he was dealing with the death of a friend. Dennis Rodman missed practice because he went to a WWF game. And the only difference, I, th I think the reason why Allen Iverson got, got killed and Dennis Rodman really didn't get killed as bad as Allen Iverson is, Dennis Rodman won. The 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 not nah, let me not say Dennis Rodman. The Bulls won that game. The 76ers lost that game. And Allen Iverson was the face of the franchise. He was the he was the number one option of the the 76ers. Dennis Rodman was the third option on the on the Bulls. You know, I I look at I look at 
Scottie Pippen, there was multiple times where Scottie Pippen, I'm, I'm going to be the one to say it. Scottie Pippen was a great, great athlete, great player. He was a great teammate. But there was some times when he was just like, you know, not coming off the bench, um, doing the whole surgery thing uh, when he could have done it in the summer. It's like, but you did it during the season. Now, yeah, the whole Road Warrior thing with the whole back situation, you know, he, he, he played, which I didn't know. That's something I learned. I didn't really know that Scottie Pippen had back problems or had a back issue in game six of the 1998 championship. But I learned that. But it's just this documentary really showed me a lot. I, I didn't know what happened with Steve Kerr's father. I knew that something tragic happened to it because they talked about it in the NBA Finals when he's a coach with the uh, Golden State Warriors. But I didn't know that, you know, wh exactly what happened. I found that out. And it's just – it was refreshing. You know, everything that's going on right now in the world, the NBA NBA playoffs are supposed to be happening right now. We should, we're supposed to be getting gearing up for the NBA Finals. But it's it's just refreshing. It's refreshing to 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 yes, we've been watching reruns uh, of of big basketball games. I mean, ESPN has been showing past historical moments. They showed past college games. They showed Monday Night Football runs. You know, past Monday Night Football like they've been showing reruns of of sporting events, which I have no problem with. But it's it's good to see why and and while we know. And we've seen, of course, the the Bulls aren't happening now, but it's it's good to see a document style or docu documentary style piece of something that it opens our eyes to things. We know how great Michael Jordan was. We know how great the Bulls were. But for a lot of people younger than me, they don't really know. A lot of people younger younger than me. Or a lot of people my age and younger, they don't they don't know or they 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 just know because for YouTube or somebody says, oh, Michael Jordan was this good. They really didn't get to live that out. So, and of course, this documentary really dove deep into how good Michael Jordan is and how good that Chicago Bulls team was like looking at that team. I was like, damn, like there was a stat that came out, I think, last week. In the entire in the entire Bulls run from championship one to championship six, they didn't win three. They didn't lose three games in a row in ten years, I believe. Like that's incredible to me, and it's that's with with Jordan, with Jordan, Michael. Let me not say the Bulls. Michael Jordan never lost three games in a row in ten year span, and I think that's wild. So you know the the shouts out to whoever created the documentary. Shouts out to the camera footage people it was really good i really enjoyed it and you know it it, it definitely was a ref, was was refreshing to to see some new content and new material even though it's it's kind of old if you, if you think about it but you know shouts out to them um and moving forward with this documentary, they've, you know, they, they've wanted to compare Michael Jordan and LeBron James. They wanted to compare Michael Jordan to Kobe Bryant. Uh, they, they've been doing top 10 lists. That's all I've seen since this documentary has come out. 
this top 10 players of all time, this top 10 players of all time. And I wanted to, I wanted to throw my feet, throw my hand in the ring. Now, no, I'm not doing my top 10 players of all time right now. I don't want to do that. That's just, that's, that, that's another topic for another day. But what I wanted to do was I wanted to give you my top quote unquote, big threes in NBA history. While the documentary, I think from probably episode five on really focused on the chemistry between Michael Jordan, uh, Scottie Pippen and Dennis, Dennis Rodman. I wanted to shine light on to me, the best big threes in NBA history. Now, a lot of people, when they think of big threes, they think of, you know, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> I'm going to give you some honorable mentions before we go. Now, the, of course, these are my 10. If you don't agree, it's cool. Leave it in the comments. Let me know. We'll talk about it. But these are my big three. Uh, big threes in NBA history. Another, an honorable mention. Uh, I, have th- I have three honorable mentions, and then we're going to go through the list. An honorable mention is Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, and Paul Pierce. While that big three really prevented LeBron James from going to a lot of champion or going to a few championships. That big three only won one championship. And if it wasn't for injuries and age, they could have won maybe two or three. I want to, I want to put them on or put them on an honorable mention because I feel like their big, their importance to the game was felt yet. And still, they didn't accomplish as much as they could, or maybe they accomplished all that they could. Cause at the, if you really look at the team and look at the players, which is Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, and Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett was kind of on the back nine of his career. Ray Allen was just hitting the back nine of his career, but he still had, of course, years. Uh, and we know what happened in Miami and Paul Pierce is <laughs> Paul Pierce. So that is an honorable mention. Another honorable mention I have is Steph Curry, Draymond Green and Klay Thompson. That trio won three championships. Of course, the 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 reason why it's an honorable mention, and of course, the reason why it's an honorable mention is because of Draymond Green. I feel Draymond Green is the perfect piece for that Golden State team, playing alongside of Stephen Curry, uh, playing alongside of Klay Thompson. But when we talk about their impact, I. I believe that Draymond Green's impact is felt on that team. But when, when we talk about the grand scope, I don't think his impact is felt as much. And that's why that's honorable mention. And lastly, uh, another uh, last honorable mention, I have LeBron James, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Love. I mean, the reason why they're honorable mention is because really LeBron James, Kyrie Irving. Uh, Kyrie Irving was good, but I feel like playing with LeBron James kind of unlocked how good he was. And... Kevin Love really benefited off playing with LeBron James. Yes, he was great in Minnesota, but again, playing with LeBron James. And I, I had to put him on a mention due to the fact that they came back from a 3-1 deficit against Golden State in the finals and brought Cleveland his first basketball championship. So those are my honorable mentions. Now we're going to go to this, my top 10. Uh, and this is from least to best, of course. So number 10, I have... Walt Frazier, Willis Reed, and Dave DeBusher. If I, I know I said homie's name wrong. I apologize, but that's my number 10. I had to shout out the trio that gave the Knicks the two championships back in the day, and the only two championships since like 1978, 9 or so, or I believe like that. 
we know how iconic Walt Frazier was. We know how iconic Willis uh, Willis Reed was. Dave Butcher, while uh, Debusher, while a lot of people don't know who he is, he's one of the best power forwards to ever play in the game. Yeah, he I'm not he's not top five, but he could be top ten. He is that good. And I had to shout out the three or three of the main pieces that get to 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 help the Knicks acquire its two championships, and they haven't gotten two championships since they've been there but they they haven't won anything since so that's why number 10 i have walt frazier willis reed and dave the busher number nine i have tony tony parker monty ginobili and tim duncan the reason why i have this big three at number nine and not higher is because monty ginobili didn't start he started for a little bit it really wasn't working doug uh greg popovich came and said yo mono you'll you'll be better on the bench and he'd be like i bet came they 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 won three championships together while tim duncan has five they won three together and that they won three together that's three championships that's three rings you have tim duncan the best power forward in my opinion tony parker is one of the best foreign players ever mono ginobili one of the best foreign players ever and that three that three they they dethroned the or they helped dethrone the Heatles. They helped. They 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 were constant and they were consistent the, the entire time they played with Greg, with each other and under Greg Popovich. So that's why I have Tony Parker, Mono Ginobili, and Tim Duncan at number nine. Number eight, I have Shaq, Kobe, and Derek Fisher. The only reason why I have them over Tim Duncan, Mono Ginobili, and Tony Parker is because of Shaq and Kobe. Shaq and Kobe, to me, are that much better than the Spurs three in general. Now, yeah, people are like, but you have Derek Fisher. Well, Derek Fisher, with them, won three championships. And Derek Fisher has a couple big shots in those, in those championship runs. I mean, we, we can't forget Derek Fisher hitting, um, hitting big clutch threes against Portland, against the 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 New Jersey Nets like the, he hit big shots and but really this big three is at number eight because of Shaq and Kobe to me Shaq is the most dominant big man ever Kobe is arguably one of the top 10 greatest players ever you know arguably Kobe is the top 10 greatest player ever and that chant that through that big three was the last team to three peat. So that's that's why I had to put I had to put Shaq, Kobe, and Derek Fisher at number eight. And that's the reason why they're 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 so low too, because of Derek Fisher. While I just gave him his props, Derek Fisher is the weak link of that big three. If it you know, if if Derek Fisher was better, they'd definitely you know uh be higher on my list, but Derek Fisher's really was holding them back. Derek Fisher is not the reason why they're below you know like Derek Fisher is is isn't isn't holding them back when it ter- in terms of being above Tony Parker, Ginobili, and Tim Duncan but he is the reason why they are number 8. So number 8 is Shaq, Kobe and Derek Fisher. Number 7, I have Isaiah Thomas, Joe Dumars and Bill Lambeer. They won two championships, you know, they beat the the they beat Jordan's <laughs> Bulls, they beat the the Celtics they beat the Magic Johnson's Lakers 
Isaiah Thomas is arguably one of the best point guards ever. Joe Dumars is one of the most underrated players of of NBA in NBA history. And Bill Lambeer was an enforcer. I'm not the biggest fan of Bill Lambeer. I think he was just a dude that came and just beat you up. Well, I guess that's important in the league. He won two championships. They won two championships. So, you know, with Chuck Daly and all them, you can't you can't take away from you can't take away what what they've done. Of course, the bad boy Pistons. You can't take away from it. And the bad boy Pistons was led by Isaiah Thomas, Joe Dumars, and Bill Lambeer. I just, you know, I, I feel, I, yeah. So that's 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 why they're number. That's why they're number seven. I mean, I again, I love the greatness of Isaiah Thomas. I, I just said Joe Dumars is one of the most underrated players. But you know, when we when we talk about trios, they, they there's a reason their their names kind of get forgotten a little bit. Now, do they get forgotten in a in a sense of? They're not in the top 10, no. But there's a reason why there's names that go above them. And that's why they're on number seven on my list. So, uh, number six, I have Larry Bird, Robert Parrish, and Kevin McHale. They won three championships. The the reason why I have number six is because, to me, number five and up is a different echelon. While while I'm I'm not taking away what, you know, Larry, we know who Larry Bird is. We know Larry Bird is one of the greatest small forwards ever. A lot of people think he's maybe one or two, uh, two or three, but that's Larry Bird, man. Larry Bird was was cold. Uh, and then you got Robert Parrish, another underrated player, and Kevin McHale, arguably the best six, you know, arguably the best, I guess, third will ever. So, you know, and, and of course they won three championships together, but they they were the cogs of that great Celtics or one of the great Celtics dynasties. So that's why I have Larry Bird, Robert Parrish and Kevin McHale at number six. I might get some flack for this, but number five, I have LeBron James, Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. Now I know that they only won two rings. And the reason why I have them at number five and not higher is because that loss to the Dallas Mavericks and the loss to the, the San Antonio Spurs. Now the reason why I have them above Larry Bird, Robert Parrish, and Kevin McHale is because I feel as individual players, LeBron James is better than Larry Bird. Uh, I have Dwayne Wade above Robert Parrish. And Kevin McHale and and Chris Bosh, you can kind of flip a coin with that. As individual players, I feel like they're all better than number, you know, the the team I just said. But as as they didn't accomplish as much as a, as, as the, Celtics did, but you still have LeBron James, D. Wade, and Chris Bosh, who by themselves were incredible, and together they brought two championships to the to the to the Heat. Now, again, the reason why I don't have them higher is because they they the way that they lost to the 2011 Dallas Mavericks, which they should have won, because they to me were 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 a better team. Yeah, they weren't as experienced, but they were a better team. And the way that they lost to, or they just got steamrolled against the Spurs. That's the only reason why I have them at number five and not higher. Number four, I have Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and James Worthy. They won three championships together. The reason why I don't have them higher, though, is and and it kind of contradicts kind of what I said, just what I just said about LeBron James, D-Wade, and Bosh. 
when they got together, they weren't at the pr- like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar wasn't at his prime. Magic Johnson kind of was, kind of wasn't. James Worthy, he kind of was. So when they were when they got together and started winning championships, they weren't really in their prime, you know. And when they got together, they won three. Now, while that's why they're fourth and not higher. That is also why they're fourth, because you still have Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, James Worthy, Magic Johnson, all Hall of Famers. Magic Johnson, to me, is, is ain't no argue, he's the greatest point, point guard ever. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, arguably one of the greatest players ever. James Worthy, another one of those players that he's, he's upper echelon that we don't talk about a lot, but he is a legend. And that's why I have them at number four. Number, f- number three, <laughs> I have Bill Russell. John Havlicek, and Bob Cousy. The only reason why I have them above is because they won six championships together. Six championships together. Now, the biggest knock on them and the reason why they're not number one or, or higher or lower is because they played in a league that is not the league that Magic Johnson, Kareem, or Worthy played in. They're not in the same league that, of course, LeBron, D-Wade, and Bosh. Like they, I think they only had eight teams, man. And they were playing against people that, today wouldn't even make a G League team. Now, again, I'm not taking away the wins because you still got to go out there and win with whoever you're playing against. But it does kind of hamper the 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 accolades, in my opinion, because, again, you're playing against eight teams, and you're, you're playing when you have the tallest player, when you have the best players, and there really wasn't no free, and really, there was no free agency back then, so players stayed. Of course you're going to dominate because you are you pretty much have who you got. And, and it's not getting no better than that. So, you know, I, the reason why I have them at three is because, hell, they won six championships together. But that's also the reason why I have them at three because I look at the league that they played and it's just like, all right, you know, hell, I could have probably got some buckets out there. And that's no disrespect to anybody, but you know what I'm saying? Number two, I have Stephen Curry, Kevin Durant, and Klay Thompson. Now, I know that they only played together for three years, but in those three years, they won two championships, and it kind of goes back to LeBron James, D. Wade, and Chris Bosh conversation. That was one of the first times they got to... Now, yes, I know KD was was the whole mercenary thing, going there to get rings and then dipping. I know that Draymond Green, uh, which is why I had them in honorable mentions, which I know Draymond Green, Steph Curry, and Klay Thompson have three rings instead of two, but we've never seen a trio like Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and Kevin Durant. When you have three people at the apex of their careers, you have arguably, you know, you have the greatest shooter ever in Steph Curry. You have, to me, one of the greatest offensive weapons the league has ever seen in Clay in and uh, Kevin Durant, and then you have one of the best three two-way players in NBA history in Klay Thompson. While I'm not saying he's the best, he is one of the best, especially when your third option can give you 61 points in a game. We've never seen something like that. And those three, it's like when they got together, you know, I remember where I was. It was July 4th. I was at a at a friend's house. We were getting ready to eat, and, and the news came. And then that's, that's the first time, like when the Heat, when the Heat got together, you know, Braun, D-Wade, and Bosh, people was like, oh, man, it's over with. But they were still like, well, they still got to get through Boston. They still got to get through the Lakers. They still got to get through, 
you know, the Spurs. Still got it. They're still OKC coming up. When Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Kevin Durant got together, it was just like, oh, well, it's over with. We know they're going to win the championship this year. They're probably going to win it next year. I, heard, I remember St- uh, Stan Van Gundy said, or Jeff Van Gundy was like, barring injury, they can win. If they stay together, they can win the next seven championships. And if it wasn't for injury, they would have went through. I believe they would have won three straight. Now, again, I know that it was for a short amount of time. And there's there's like, like Bill Russell, John Havlicek, Bob Cousy, they won six. And I know, and Steph and them only won two. But. We've never seen something like a Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and Draymond Green. I mean, and and Kevin Durant. We've never seen something like that. I don't think we ever will when three players that are arguably top of their positions go together or or come together. Chris Ball, when LeBron James, D Wade, and Chris Bosh, you know, D Wade wasn't exactly in his prime, but he was still good. LeBron James in his prime, and and Chris Bosh was was pretty much like not in his prime, but he wasn't like over the hill. Steph Curry was in his prime and still is in his prime. KD was in his prime. Klay Thompson was in their prime. And and we saw, yeah, you, <laughs> they wrecked the league. Like I think in the finals, the two, the, the two, when they all three were healthy, they didn't lose. I think they only lost one game when they all were healthy. When Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and KD played in the finals, they only lost one game. And that's that's just how incredible they were. So and lastly, number one, you have Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, and Dennis Rodman. While they only won three championships together, that's Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, and Dennis Rodman. We I mean, we know how great Michael Jordan is. We know how great Dennis Rodman is. We know how great Scottie Pippen is. It 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 was their greatness, and I I'm, I can't take nothing away from it. Hell, we just saw a ten part documentary of how great Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, and Rodman was, and we saw the team that they had to go through. I think that that's that's another thing that I kind of factored in when we when we talk about you know the this list. When when you look at the Bill Russells and who they had to go through, you look at the Jordans they had to go through the 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 Spurs, not the Spurs. They had to go through the the Supersonics. They had to go through the Jazz. They had to go through the Pacers. They had to go through the Knicks. They were, those are historic teams. And when you look at like Golden State, the only historic team, well, the only the historic teams they had to go through was really that Rockets team, which they had to fight in uh, seventh games. Uh, the, the Spurs team with Kawhi Leonard, which that was over with after Zaza did what Zaza did, and and LeBron James in the in the Heat, I mean not the Heat in the in the Cleveland Cavaliers, and that was that was LeBron James. That wasn't a historic team, and LeBron James and Kyrie. I'm sorry, that wasn't a historic team, you know, and and you know, it, I, the, again Jordan had to they had to go. That Supersonics team had Hall of Famers. They had uh, Gary Payton. They had Sean Kemp, who isn't a Hall of Famer, but, you know, they had Sean Kemp. That Spurs, that, that, uh, why do you keep saying Spurs? <laughs> that Knicks team had Hall of Famers. It had Patrick Ewing, you know. It had, he's not a Hall of Famer, but John Starks. It had Mason, um, Anthony Mason. The Pacers team had a Reggie Miller, had, Mark Jackson had Jalen Rose had the Davis brothers like they had to go through squads not to mention they had to go through the Pistons 
They had to go through a Bill Lambier. They had to go through Isaiah Thomas. They had to go through go through a Joe Dumars. So, and of course that wasn't with Robin, but that goes back. Jordan and, and Pippen had to go against Robin. So, you know it it it's something that you oh not to mention which I totally forgot they had to go against the Shaq and Shaq and Penny Hardaway in that Orlando team. So that's why I have Michael Jordan number one, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, and. Dennis Rodman, number one, as the best uh, big threes of all time. So, there's that. And uh, lastly, before we go, I told you guys last week. Uh, well, last week, let me say this. Last week, I I took it upon myself. <laughs> I put on my GM hat, and I helped fix a couple of NFL franchises. I helped fix the Jets. I helped fix the, the Washington Reskins. I helped fix the who else? The Dolphins, and I helped fix the Bengals. Not the Dolphins. Helped fix the Bengals, and I helped fix somebody else. Don't remember. But I put on my GN hat. They called me like, "Yo, Jay, help me." I said, "You know what? Don't worry about it. I got you." And because that was that went so well, the NBA called me and said, "Hey." There's five franchises that I want want you to fix. While I don't, I might not have three steps. I have some steps to fix you. Don't worry, I got you, my G. I got you. The first franchise is Cleveland, Cleveland Cavaliers. I'm looking at you. You're on the clock. Yeah, I understand. You rolled the LeBron wave. You drafted LeBron. He gave you great, great years. He get he got you to the finals. You got swept by the Spurs you left when LeBron James left you were lost you didn't know where to go didn't know what you were going to do with yourself but no fear LeBron James came back LeBron James came back and said I'm making a promise to you that I will bring a championship to this organization and guess what he did that and with him doing that he left so now it's time to get over the past Cleveland LeBron James ain't coming back. LeBron, it's time to, it's time, you can't ride that wave anymore. LeBron James on the Lakers, he's not coming back to Cleveland. So you have to make, you have to get serious about what you're going to do. Are you going to go with Colin Sexton? Are you going to go with Darius Garland? Are you going to, are you going to keep Kevin Love? Are you going to trade Kevin Love? Are you going to keep Tristan Thompson? Are you going to trade Tristan Thompson? Get serious about what you're going to do. We know that you're in a rebuild. There's not there's there's no way to oh no, we're not rebuilding. There's no way to convince us you're not in a rebuild due to the fact that we're seeing who's on your team. We see who your team is. We see how many minutes you're giving Larry Nance Jr. We see how many minutes you're giving Colin Sexton. We see how many minutes you're giving Kevin Porter Jr. You're in a rebuild. Get serious with it. You you're pretty much you're pretty on you're sitting on assets, man. You're sitting on a Kevin Love where apparently Portland has wanted him, and yet you just aren't trading him for some reason. You trade you still have Tristan Thompson on the team, yet you trade for an Andre Drummond. Like I don't know what you're doing. Get serious about what you're doing. Get serious. This is this is my Doctor Phil moment to you. Get serious, bro. You don't. We don't know what you're doing. We do. You want to go young, and 
do you want to go young and, 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 and build a team around a Colin Sexton or a Darius Garland, which I don't think is smart, but hey, do you think? Do you wanna do you wanna remain old and, and bring in and have Andre Drummond to be your your your, your <laughs> have Kevin Love and Andre Drummond be your, your pillars? Do you wanna be a high octane team and let let Colin Sexton and, and Kevin Porter or Kevin Porter Jr. just run with it? Or do you want to be a team that is is like from the from the center out and 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 build your team around a Andre Drummond, which I don't think you're doing because you don't have a lot of shooters. So what are you doing? Get serious. Get stop. Look, LeBron James ain't walking through that door. LeBron James is not walking through that door. Get serious with it and move on. And once you move on, I promise you. Not even move on and, and, and understand what you're doing. Okay? Under hey, hey, hey. It's okay, Cleveland. Figure out what you're doing. Once you figure out what you're doing, I promise you, life will get so much better for you. But until then, you're gonna continue to be at the bottom of the standings. And it's gonna be a long time here, and, and, and this is a thing for a couple of these teams. It's gonna be a long time before you get back to the top. You might not ever get back to the top, but you're not, at least you're going to be headed in the right direction. And that goes to my next team, Phoenix Suns. You continuously, continuously miss on draft picks. Or you draft a point guard, and you don't need one. You traded Isaiah Thomas. You gave away uh, Gordon Dragic for a Tyler Ulysses. Who, I don't even think he's in the G League anymore. I don't. I don't know where he is. My advice to the Phoenix Suns is learn how to build around a star. You have a star. You have Devin Booker. You have DeAndre Aiden. Learn how to build around him. Yes, you've you've made uh, incredible whiffs. You picked a Josh Jackson over a Jason Tatum, but I don't. I don't really blame you. I mean, Josh Jackson was incredible in college, even though there were some red flags in college. I don't, I don't, I don't blame you, but you made some incredible. You picked Dragon Bender. I don't blame you. Look, hey, 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 Phoenix, I don't blame you. What I'm saying is learn how to build around a star. You have a, you have a offensive player, like a, a offensively gifted player in Devin Booker, and you have a, a lot of people think is an is a next you know is an incredible center and DeAndre Ayton. Learn to build around them. Don't just continue to 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 do what you've been doing because what you've been doing has gotten you nowhere. The only thing has gotten you is DeAndre Ayton and Devin Booker, but that's not getting you anywhere, my friend. Learn how to build around a star. You have Devin Booker. You have Ricky Rubio now. Now it's it's time to build. It's time to build. You know, get you a solid small forward. You, you don't let Kelly Oubre walk out the door. Like continue to build, and you'll be good. Let's move over to Orlando. Get serious. Get something for Aaron Gordon. You've had Aaron Gordon on the trading block for so long. Yeah, once you give away Eric Gordon. Get some or Aaron Gordon. You're gonna get some pieces, some really good pieces. Hopefully, 
then you it's going to be a long you know you got Jonathan Isaac it's it's going to be a long a long few years but you'll be in the right direction hopefully Aaron Gordon can get you some draft picks it might get you a solid player but get serious it's it's going to be a while for you Orlando you guys haven't been right since Dwight Howard was in the building i know we know we all know how how messy that ended but get serious and and get something for Aaron Gordon let him go and get something for him. Because I don't know how many times he's going to be on the trade block. Then you're going to let him walk for nothing. And all this. And now, and if you let him walk for nothing. Then you guys will be nothing for a very, very long time. Because kind of like Phoenix. Kind of like Cleveland. These aren't free agent in fact all these teams that I'm going to talk about these aren't free agent destinations so if you don't acquire this by trade or or draft <laughs> I don't know I don't know let's move over to Washington my team for people that's watching on on YouTube you see that's my team to trade or not to trade okay we know, we know. I I was happy when you traded John. I mean, when you gave John Wall that big ass contract, I was happy. Even though in the back of my, I was like, wait, you're giving a player that has been injured before, and his entire makeup or his entire game is 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 hanging on. His athleticism, and you give him, and and he has not shown a propensity to learn how to shoot a three pointer, like legitly, in a, in a league that is moving away from the basket. To trade or not to trade, we know you're not going to trade. You really can't trade John Wall. I've heard some rumblings at the Miami Heat, but you didn't trade him. So then it really you really look at Bradley Bill. If you trade Bradley Bill, we know you're going to get some solid pieces. We know you're going to start and and you're going to have to trust uh if if John Wall is going to be the dude. Or do you don't trade Bradley Bill and wait to see how good he and John Wall play together cuz we haven't seen John Wall in a while. But and I know you just gave Bradley build a long extension or yeah, a couple year extension, maybe two or three year extension. Good for you. But now, so if you're not going to trade him now, really start to make like try your day. I don't care if you get, I don't care if you get Benny the bull, try to get off of Jan Mahimi's contract. Hopefully, Mo Wagner turns into, turns into something. If, and I think we're going to get to a point where it's either going to have to be John Wall goes or Bradley Beal goes. It's kind of the same scenario or the same thing that Portland has. Yeah, Portland continues to grow year after year, but we all see that there's a ceiling in Portland. You're either going to be... No, there's a ceiling in Portland. I don't think with C.J. McCollum and Damian Lillard... They're gonna make it to the make it to the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. They're gonna make it to the NBA Finals. 
as great as John Wall and Bradley Beal was, and I think when they both were healthy at their apexes, they both, well, Bradley Beal really wasn't his apex, but John Wall was. They were better than a Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum at the time. They didn't make it past, they couldn't make it past what? The sec- second round? And that was with Paul Pierce, Colin Gain. So, it's either to trade or not to trade. Again, you don't have to listen to me. You don't have to you don't have to do what I say, but I'm here to help you guys, okay? I'm here to help the teams that 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 are looking for some guidance. That's what I'm trying to do for you guys. And there you have it. I appreciate all you guys for listening. I appreciate all you guys for for tuning in, whether that's Facebook, whether that's iTunes, whether that's SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, I appreciate you guys, man. I appreciate everyone. To, please subscribe. Please subscribe. Please subscribe. Please tell a friend to tell a friend. Uh, again, I, I I really love you guys for being here, man. I think this is episode like ninety five or ninety six or something, and I'm just continuing. To, I continue to love doing what I'm doing. I continue to have fun. I hope you guys stay safe, man. Please stay safe in this. You know, it's crazy times out there, man. And I want you guys to stay safe. So again, and and. Since ho- we're all supposed to be at home quarantining, you guys have time. Watch the podcast. Listen to it. Tell a friend to tell a friend. I've uh, retweeted. Resend it on, on social media, man. I, I would appreciate it. Or reshare it on social media. I would appreciate it. But, again, I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. Please share. Please subscribe. Please listen. This has been the Unpopular Podcast. And until next time, much love. Solitary down for solitary shoes Where the bitches shining, looking like the moon Say she wanna party, wanna let it lose Busting out my back, I'm sharing all the loot It's John Unpenated Ooh, I put it out, they come in Ooh, came up on fun brick Bought a rental mail, my new watch don't take It's a dime that I stand this lamb again on one wheel. Twelve o'clock, and I got my gun clock, and I'm on one pill. Monday, always a Sunday, pick a time to drill. Get my ladies, I'm getting my paper, I'm getting my trees. One thousand percent, keep it one thousand with me. Started with my sports, so I can't chill. Money over bitches, gotta play the field. Coronavirus diamonds, you can catch the flu. Trapping bandos, walking Jimmy Choo. Solitaries made a rock star too. Solitary diamonds, I can show proof That these bitches on me just like a pop group I got racks on my mind and I can't lose And I got solitary diamonds, solitary jewels Watches full of kids, pockets full of blue Solitary diamonds, solitary jewels Girls getting naked in my swimming pool I wanna take care of you and your friends yeah. I put it out, they come in Radical decisions, what we always choose. All the dogs is hungry and they selling food. Every time we do it, then they hit the news. I don't want it if it's stiffer, if that pussy lose. Running, know they gunning, cause I got the juice. I've been thugging since the youngin' brought the word to school. 
Callin' all the hunters, we done broke the pool All this money bring the power, I done made the rules Sippin' on codeine, got my screws loose Making all this money, got my screws loose Got a Lamborghini, made of pussy juice Sick, grippin' on the wheel, playin' in the pussy Diamonds on my neck, been going crazy Think I need to see a psychiatrist Living in the streets in the gutter range, man I know how to sell narcotics When they let us off a lock, man, we gon' make that shit pop Been humping wifey for so long, she gotta live when she walk Got seven drops in four spots, I get to pick where I live In the back, they playin' twenties like a UF Mizzoufi On my teeth, these diamonds twinkle in her legs at Jacuzzi I be tweaking every day, I got some screws Listen, I keep an MX, don't pull me, no, not my 270s And they know just where I be, it's like I'm seven with them Having money on this side is not the conversation Solitary diamonds for my dog inside, he to get Solitary diamonds, solitary jewels Where the bitches shining, looking like the moon Say she wanna party, wanna let it lose Busting out my back, I'm shitting all the loot I wanna take care of you and your friends 